Welcome to the Leadership Works Podcast with Chris and Karen Conley. I am in studio with Chris Conley, my husband, the lead pastor of High Point Church. And we are so excited to bring to you a topic today that I think most people will find fascinating when it comes to the topic of story. Chris, give our audience kind of the backstory of story so that they know where we're headed today. Well, when you think about story, it's really the oldest form of communication. But it's also the most effective form of communication, that everybody loves to hear a good story. So the medium by which we tell our stories have changed some over time. I mean, used to, people would sit by a radio for incredible storytelling, and that's obviously gone into all different formats of today, the multi-billion dollar business of Hollywood and the storytelling that occurs there and the storytelling that occurs through great writers and great books. But really, we want to also go back and revisit the story of Jesus Christ is the greatest story ever told. It's a true story, but it's also that Jesus is the greatest storyteller of all time. And when we think about the church, we need to rediscover the power of story. But also when we think about this, it applies to every type of business. It applies to every type of leadership. So today we're going to learn some principles about story from Donald Miller. I've, I've gone through a seminar of his called Story Brand. It is top-notch. I mean, it is incredible in every way. So we're going to share some of those principles, but we highly, highly recommend that you go to storybrand.com. You check out some of this for yourself, but today we'll kind of give you the Cliff Notes version. As we dive into all of the details, when I think about a Sunday morning service in particular at High Point, we always talk about it's during the going publics that people lean in. It's during a message that people connect sometimes the most to a story where a truth is being applied in real-time life. So, like you said, you go all the way back to Jesus. He told parables. Those were stories. What we're taking right now is, like you said, something very old, but very new and very important when we talk about communication in the church. What a lot of people don't realize, though, is that stories follow a pattern. There's really a formula to an effective story. So today, we're going to share with you kind of a seven-step process that every story follows. And once you kind of see those seven steps outlined for you, you'll really recognize it in the movies that you see, and you'll recognize it in some of the books that you read and things of that nature. And it's one of those things that then you can begin to follow that pattern in your own storytelling, but also in your marketing. When you think about how to build a brand, this form of storytelling is incredibly effective. There have been major, major corporations that have embraced what Donald Miller is teaching here in this storytelling. So we're going to walk you through those seven steps to building an effective story and to telling your brand, your story through these seven steps and building your story brand. That'll probably occur over two podcasts because I tend to be long-winded. But I'm excited to share it with you. And I would also just add in there that this is very applicable if you are in the workplace and you're trying to promote a product or something like that. It's very applicable. All of us on social media of having kind of your personal brand is talked about more and more every day. But also, I hope that every single listener will listen to also know this will help you more effectively be able to talk about God's work in your life. 
and how these principles will apply to every single one of us as we relate what God's doing in our life to others. So let's dive in with kind of the first, they call them modules within the the story brand curriculum. And the first one is the character. When you think about going to the movies, there's always a central character, the main character, the lead actor. Oftentimes, when you think about your brand, you think about your company, you also have people that are the customers. And the biggest mistake that's often made is we want to make our company, we want to make our brand the main character. And the customer is just the person that is benefiting from that brand, that product, that service that we provide. Really, the secret to story brand is it flips that. The main character is really the hero of the story. And your company or your brand or your product or your service is really the guide. You're there to help that main character. So think of it this way. You're watching a movie. It's about your company. It's about your brand. Well, in this particular situation, no, the customer is the main character of that movie. In this way, it's kind of like in Star Wars. Luke Skywalker is that main character. But Yoda is the guide. Yoda is the one that gives Luke the force. And Yoda is the one that gives Luke the ability to discover that he can become the hero. In this way, everybody wants to be the hero of their own story. As a company, we need to come alongside of them and help them fulfill their potential. Well, we've talked about on some previous podcasts, this whole idea of servant leadership, that we must take the focus off of ourselves or off of the product and put the focus on people and how can we come alongside of them. And one of the comments that you made to me as you have gone through this conference, engaging a potential customer is a lot like dating. So explain how that is true. Sometimes in this dating relationship, if we're not careful and we think about our company being the hero instead of the customer being the hero, then we just talk about ourselves all the time, right? We have this bad customer service experience because you've got some overbearing salesman or it's the classic situation that car sales has the bad reputation of a salesman just being so aggressive that maybe people don't want that car buying experience. And the car industry has really caught on to that and begun to change that a lot and stuff. But what we see here is in a dating relationship, if you just show up the first time and you just talk about yourself the entire time and talk about how great you are and and how much you have to offer and you never ask any questions and you never listen to the other person and you never find out about who they are, then there's probably not going to be a second date. Here, what's so important is you engage your customer, you learn who your customer is, you build a relationship with that customer, you find out what their desires are, you find out what their needs are, and you begin to understand how you can come alongside and compliment them. We have, as an organization, taken some of these principles really filtered them through our mission, and that is to prove that love works, through our mission to reach people with the good news of the gospel. Would this be a good time maybe to give an application, help them to kind of see, in our case, our business is really people and really God's mission, so we're not a secular business, but there is still a probably a more compelling reason why we want to be able 
to help people realize why they need what we have to offer. So explain to our listeners maybe a practical way that this fleshes itself out within the life of High Point Church. Right. In the context of a church, you're trying to understand what the character wants. What is that need in the character's life? What's their desire? And oftentimes what we misunderstand in church world we think that our customer, the person that we're trying to reach, is already a Christian and we're trying to meet the needs of Christians. No, our first customer, the first person we're trying to reach is the person who does not yet know God. And we're trying to bring them into a relationship with God. Often, a lot of times, the people that are Christ followers, they're not necessarily mature in their faith. So we've got to think from a different perspective. We can't think from the perspective of someone who's mature in their faith, and we assume that they need what we need. So in this way, we ask the question, what does a customer want as it relates to the church? And it's very simple. I believe what the normal, everyday, ordinary person that walks into a church wants, they want love to work in all of their relationships. In its most basic necessity, what do I want in life? I want love to work in my relationship with God. I want love to work in my relationship with my family, and I want love to work in my relationship with friends. If all of a sudden the church can be a guide to help make love work in your life, then you're pretty interested learning more about that church. And in business terminology, you're pretty interested in learning more about that brand. To your point, as we are trying to reach people who don't yet believe in Christ or are skeptical or checking out those claims, in kind of the story brand terminology, they're trying to decide if they want to be a customer. So it's very important as believers, yes, as the church, we are trying to communicate a message to help people see their need for Christ. But as in individual Christ followers, we have that same obligation in our realm of influence to go, who are the people around you and what are their needs? If they don't follow Christ, how can I see what they need and offer truth to them in a way that's compelling that they go, I need that? Right. Because one of the mistakes that we often make, we try to meet the needs of the minority instead of the majority. If we're a leader of an organization, we're thinking everybody thinks like us. And if we're a leader of an organization, more times than not, we probably have some stability in our life. And maybe we've built a foundation of certain qualities that are healthy. And we're thinking that most people are healthy. But what we have to realize, when you're reaching this prospective person who doesn't know the Lord yet, or you're reaching this person that in your business, maybe has never had interfaced with your company yet or your brand yet. So let me continue to to use the high point illustration, what do they want? Like, well, in the high point context, we said, I want love to work in all my relationships, but also I want to be loved and be healed from my brokenness because we live in a fallen, broken world. All of us have some level of brokenness. And so there's a sense that every person wants to go from a hurting person to a healed person. And everybody has something that's unhealthy in their life. So what we want to do is we want to be the guide to help them go from unhealthy to healthy. If you just go to those core necessities, the essentials, I want to be happy and make others happy. That's what someone really wants in their life. That if you could be someone that helps them unlock happiness in their life, in health in their life, 
and someone that actually helps others become healthy and happy, then you have just got like the best product in the world, right? You've got the thing that everybody in the world wants. So that's what we're trying to do. We're answering the question, what does your customer want as it relates to your brand? And then who does your customer want to become? So as you talk about, I want to be happy, I could hear someone who has grown up in church, you know, life isn't about our happiness. Yes, God says joy, but that's a different thing. But I just want to... <laughs> Those are typically grumpy people. <laughs> well, yes. Let me help the grumpy people. Um, what is so important as believers in this culture is to remember where people are yes. who do not have Christ. And they are not splitting hairs with theological terms. They are just in their core. I just want to be happy. And you have to take them from there to then show them what they actually need. I could not agree more. You said it well. You're exactly right. You just have to understand where they are. So you take them where they are. You meet that need. And then, yes, over time, they understand that the key to happiness is simply knowing God. They understand over time, really, that when we begin to enter into a relationship with God, that creates a certain healthy in our life. And then the more healthy we are, the happier we're going to be because we're going to see the fruits of the Spirit in our life and we're going to see the results of God in our life. So I could not affirm what you said more. Got a gold star right there. (laughs) All right. So I interrupted you. You were talking about who does your customer want to become? Before we move on to module two, did you have any last thoughts as I stopped you earlier? Yeah. So what we're trying to do, again, is we're tapping into where they are and we're tapping into who they want to become, that all of us are interested in a coach that will make us better. Every day, people go to a fitness center and they pay a trainer to make them better. People hire dietitians to help them to be healthy and to stay on a diet and those kind of things. We hire business coaches. You know, in athletics, we hire coaches. Everyone is looking for someone to make them better because intuitively, somehow or another, we know we have a very difficult time making ourselves better. But somehow, some way, we have forgotten that what God wants to do is use the church. And the church is not just the organization. The church is not just the building. The church is not just the staff members. But use ordinary people that are Christ followers to come alongside of people and to make them better. Who does your customer want to become? I want to become a person who is healthy and happy. Second, I want to become known for loving well and living abundantly. So right there, I just went from kind of where the customer is, healthy and happy. Then we grew them into the spiritual component. They want to be known for loving well, because by this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you love one another and living abundantly. And how do we live abundantly? We live abundantly by abiding in him. And when we abide in him, we bear fruit, more fruit and much fruit. And that's where abundance comes from. We've talked about the character. Obviously, to have a story, you have to first start with a character. But the second part of that, as we look at Module 2, and again, we would love for you to dive into the story brand by Donald Miller. It's a great resource to help us take a timeless message and see how it applies in a relevant way to our culture. We're applying it in the church context. Obviously, it applies in a business context as well. But every story, if you have a character, you also have to have the second ingredient. And that is a problem. There are no blockbuster movies about one person who has everything right in their life. That's a boring story. That's right. So when it comes to us as a church, using High Point as an example, and then just in the context of this approach, talk to us about what we need to know about this problem. 
first of all, you've got to understand that every character has a problem. So when you do watch a movie, it's less than three minutes, less than five minutes easily before you discover what the problem is that the main character of that story is facing. Everybody that walks into our church or everybody that walks into your business walks into your organization with a primary problem and with secondary problems, okay? So a story happens when a gap is created between the hero and the successful ending. They're not necessarily born the hero. Oftentimes, it's them overcoming adversity that makes them the hero. It's them overcoming a problem that makes them the hero. The story gap is all about conflict. What we have to do is we have to understand someone's problem, not criticize their problem, not look down on them because of their problem. We have to understand their problem and then see how we can come alongside of them to help them solve that problem. In the context that we live in, no one is going to be interested in what the Lord has to offer if they don't see that they have a problem. They don't see that what is being offered can be a solution to that problem. You talked about that gap. How does that play itself out? Give us an example of how that works. Yeah, part of this is sometimes we overthink things. That gap, let's just use a very simple illustration. Most people don't think about repairing their car until it breaks down. Yes, there needs to be preventative maintenance. Some of us are better at that than others, but oftentimes your car rarely breaks down when you're prepared for it to break down. When it breaks down, it's unexpected. It interrupts your life. It's not convenient. So there are things that are constantly breaking down in our life. When that breakdown occurs, it creates a gap between where I am and where I want to be a gap between where I am and where I want to go. So what we've got to do is we've got to help people normalize these problems and understand that problems aren't the rare occurrence in our life. They're the normal occurrence in our life. But we have anticipated some of those problems in your life, and we are ready for those problems. And when those problems occur, even though you don't want them to occur, they're still going to occur. We are here to guide you through the problem so that you can walk through that in the shortest amount of time instead of walking through that in an aimless way and making the problem worse. Frequently, when someone encounters a problem, if they don't have a guide, they dig a deeper hole instead of getting out of the hole. So it's the guide that says, hey, I've been there. Unfortunately, I've done that before. But guess what? I know how to get out of this problem. Let me help you out of the problem. Chris, you talked about the example of the mechanic. Give us an illustration in terms of how High Point would approach this idea of the problem. What we would say is that there's an external problem in people's lives, there's an internal problem, and most of the time there's a philosophical problem. So an example of the external problem is that love isn't working for the majority of people. There are just simply too many hurtful relationships out there, hurting marriages, hurting families, children. So love's not working. How do we come alongside of someone and take love from not working to working? And here's the other thing that's part of the problem is that love promises a lot. 
but delivers little for the majority. We've got to change that. That's the biggest disappointment is that what people want to work the most is actually working the least. So people are more dissatisfied than satisfied in the category of love. And that ends up being because people are more selfish than selfless. So what we've got to do is we've got to say this external problem is that love's not working. And then as the guide, as the brand, as the product, as the organization, we've got to come alongside them and help it work. But then there's an internal problem. And the internal problem is something along the lines of this. When I'm not loved well, nothing works well. Think about that in your life. When I'm not loved well, nothing works well. And then when I'm not loved, I'm hurting. And because I'm hurting, rarely do hurting people help people. Most of the time, hurting people unintentionally, accidentally hurt people. So when I'm not loving well, then it goes back to the original problem, I'm unhealthy and unhappy. When I'm not loving well, I'm unhealthy and unhappy. And then the third component, there's an external problem, an internal problem, then there's a philosophical problem. Here's the philosophical problem. This is significant, okay? When love doesn't work, sin works. When love does not work, guess what is working in place of love? Sin. Sin works. And when love doesn't work, then sin wins. So that's the necessity of why we need a guide to solve this problem. Well, and that leads us right into the third module through, as we mentioned earlier, the Donald Miller story brand. We've talked about you have to have a character in every story, and that character always has a problem. Within the story, in one way, shape, or form, they meet a guide. So as we talk about meeting a guide, this is where we've got somebody that has the answer, someone who's been there and done that, and they're going to be the one that leads that character to resolution. And so in this sense, really, your brand or your message is what you want to serve as the guide. Absolutely. So expand upon that. Help them to understand how they, as believers, can help be a guide, and then maybe we take it to a corporate application into how High Point does that. So again, this is the paradigm shift, okay? This is, I think, the most brilliant thing that Donald Miller has pointed out about these seven steps, and it's where we make the most mistakes. We tend to see ourselves, the one that's the organization, the brand, the church in this context, we see ourselves as the hero. But no, character is the hero. We are the God. See, the strongest character in the story, the strongest character is the God. Because the God is the character who's been there and done that. They're usually older, more experienced, and wiser. And you want to establish your brand as the God. Now, here's what's absolutely essential. In order for you to be an effective God, there are two qualities that you must embody two qualities. The first one is empathy. You have to understand the problem of the character in the story. You've got to be empathetic. You've got to care about them. You've got to understand the ripple effect of that problem. You've got to understand the pain associated with that problem. You've got to care about them in that way. You've got to make sure that that character knows that you feel their pain, you understand them, and you listen to them. If you are trying to reach your neighbor for Christ and you see them making ridiculous decisions, if you come as the guide and beat them over the head and tell them how ridiculous they are, and of course this is going to lead to more pain, 
you have just negated your role as their guide because you have lacked empathy. It's important. You're not approving of what they do, but you are being compassionate and having a heart for the pain. That's where empathy is the entry point. Empathy is what begins to cause that character to listen to you and then wonder if you have something more than empathy. So the second component is authority, that you need to be an authority on solving this problem. You need to be an authority in the area of your expertise. So this guide is a guide because they are a combination of empathy and authority. And that authority comes from your experience, from your expertise, from your previous victories and from your ability now to come alongside of them and help them solve their problem. That authority piece is equally important. You really can't have either empathy just alone or just authority because you have to have both of those because the customer, in this case, if we're trying to reach someone for Christ, they have to have a reason to trust you. If you don't have anything to offer, then they're not going to be willing to trust you. So as we come to the end of this particular podcast, explain to us in our last couple minutes what this looks like in a practical way at High Point Church. High Point is really excellent in the world of empathy. We maybe need to grow and improve a little bit in the world of authority. Some examples of empathy. The very slogan of our church is a perfect place for imperfect people. So we're stating right at the very beginning that we understand all of us start from a place of imperfection, right? And it's just another way of saying, you know, Romans 3.10, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it's just a friendly way of saying that. We're essentially saying we are imperfect like you. We aren't better than you. But then also another value that we've had at High Point and taught through the years is that we're a church that offers compassion without compromise. Compassion. We understand the struggles in your journey. We understand the mistakes you've made. We understand the complexities of the sinful choices you've made. We aren't going to be hypocrites. We're not going to act like we know better than you or that we've never done that. And we don't specialize in judging people and we don't criticize or condemn people, but rather our compassion moves us to action. And so there's an enormous amount of compassion, but then the authority comes in this way. We don't compromise the word of God. So that's the entry point for the authority. We love you up to God's word. Another way that we embody empathy is this, we exist to prove that love works. Here's what scripture says about love. Only love covers a multitude of sins. Wow, what an amazing statement. Let me say that again. Only love covers a multitude of sins. If you're listening to that and you think they're talking about someone else, you need to stop, pause, and go, no, no, no. I have a multitude of sins. That's talking about me. Only love never fails. God never gives up on us. And then that brings us to the conclusion that only love works. We've had that terminology and that value of compassion without compromise, but really that is, that's the combination of empathy and authority lived out in the context of High Point Church. Well, I hope this has been super helpful to you and interesting. I'm sure this is not something that most of us as we're driving in our car are necessarily thinking about how the concept and the 
strategy of a story can actually help us to reach others. But I hope you'll come back and listen to part two of this podcast. We'll finish up the last four modules next time around. But thank you so much for joining us. Please continue following the Leadership Works podcast. Love for you to take a moment and write a review on iTunes. That helps us incredibly. Also, if you want to follow along either of our blogs or social media, chrisconley.net and karenconley.com. Love to have you follow along with us. See you next time. 